Well, hi, everybody. Once again, it's time for the program that has no music, no commercials, no jingles, no talent, and, well, apparently, no agenda. Coming to you from the Curry Manor in uh, Guilford in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak in Northern California. And uh, it's uh, time for uh, one, day, uh, one day later than usual for our uh, weekly event. And, um, you know, I'm getting some good response on this show, John. People like it. <laughs> I've, I, people are bored stiff. It must be. <laughs> it must be. No, I mean, it's like it's, we've even been added in the, um, you know, the podcast ready guys. Uh, they actually have a pretty interesting idea. They've, they've put a, uh, a pod catcher, an RSS, you know, a podcast aggregator. Uh, they're embedding it onto memory sticks. I think they have a deal with uh, SanDisk. Well, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, it's a great idea. And so we're um, this. There's like top. Uh, there's ten feeds that are pre-subscribed, uh, and we're one of them <laughs> with no agenda. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it is really cool. I think they put tech five dot com on there though. No, 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 man. It's it's got to be uh, it, having a no agenda show is good because it's uh, no one benefits except you and I. If people listen, <laughs> we feel better. So, so we were talking about tea before you started the recording, and I was wondering, I, the public might be interested in some of our thoughts. Since you've got, you said that you moved, ever since you moved to England, you've become kind of addicted to the product. Yeah. Well, you know, there's um, uh, the Dutch, and I grew up in Holland, uh, they drink a lot of tea, but they drink it differently than in the UK. Here, it's, you know, it's really, it's uh, milk and sugar, whereas I never would have ever considered putting milk in my tea ever uh, before living here. Uh, but I found out that uh, culturally, that really works for me. Uh, you know, essentially, if, if someone walks in the house and they've got a, you know, a bullet wound to the shoulder, the first thing everyone says is, let's put a kettle on, let's have some tea, and everything will be okay. And, and it, I just kind of fell into that, and I love it. Now uh, you know, I must drink at least uh, during the day if I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I'm near, if I can make it myself, uh, easily six to ten cups a day. And what's your preferred brand? Uh, PG Tips, of course. Yeah, we're big PG. We've been using PG tips for over twenty years, I think. Uh, it used to be hard to get in the United States, but now it's pr- freely available. But for people out there who haven't tried it, and they, you know, used to some of these crappy teas that we have, which usually don't even have enough tea in the bag to to, to amount to anything. PG tips is the uh, is the, I think that the standard, the gold standard of British tea. Yeah, I would have to agree. Not that it's the absolute best. It's mm. just that it happens to be the one everybody uses. And a lot of the, the the thing that's interesting about PG Tips to me, and, and a lot of these other teas, and we were talking about Sainsbury's has a nice uh, mm-hmm. thing called Red Label, uh, which is a competitor, um, is that the British, over when they were colonizing the world, they did these long-term deals all over the place for uh, things like tea. So they essentially have, uh, I don't know how long the contract is for the various tea providers, but they get some of the best tea in the world because they kind of locked down these deals permanently back in the 1800s. Isn't that uh, in some way uh, related to upcoming December 16th, where when, when we commemorate the uh, Boston Tea Party? Yeah, the Boston Tea Party is. You know, there's a there's a, if you study enough American history, of course, this gets pretty peculiar as to why the Boston Tea Party took place. But they were trying to shove tea down everybody's throat, and they were also stealing it from China and making them take opium. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> really? that, that was cool. late. That, that was later. <laughs> Here, boys, have some opium. Give us the tea. 
<laughs> well, you know that um, um, I've heard now that there's another Ron Paul money bomb scheduled. The previous one was on November 5th, which coincided with Guy Fawkes Day, a revolutionary day in the UK. And from what I understand, December 16th, uh, commemorating the Boston Tea Party, there's going to be another drive to raise uh, another several million dollars for uh, Republican uh, candidate Ron Paul. Well, you know, the thing is, there, there, I've noticed this. In fact, I blogged it. Uh, if you go on the blog, you'll find uh, Dvorak.org slash blog. You'll find a mention about how the, that this, uh, the Liberty Dollar guys were raided yeah. by the FBI. I've gotten a lot of emails from people. I think you were the first one that uh, you actually sent me a link to your blog post. And it's interesting because I'm seeing two stories. One is, um, you know, the guys who um, created and run the Liberty Dollar, let's just call it operation for a second, uh, they got raided. And, you know, there's this other side that's talking about the Ron Paul dollars. And now I'm seeing, you know, that's kind of becoming the meme is now that uh, Ron Paul is being associated with it. Honestly, I think I understand what the Liberty dollar is about, but I clearly have no idea how successful it is or um, or, you know, it, it, it must be successful. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been raided. Do you have background on this, uh, John? Do you know? uh well, I don't know as much about it as I mean the website, the Liberty Dollars website, which is easy enough to find, has most of the details. But you know they're trying to uh, do uh, private coinage. Uh, I mean, generally speaking, you can do this legally, but you can't like do Disney it dollars work. or like uh, like scores, uh, strippers. You can uh, stri- in strip bars, you can get dollars, right? I don't know. Wouldn't yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I blew my cover. No, it's like in Disneyland. You get Disney dollars. Is that the same thing, or is this different? Well, they're trying to put this into general circulation, so I think it's different. Some years ago, there was some law. There was a problem in the United States, uh, especially from about uh, 1862. I think around it was. I don't know when it ended, but I do. I have collected a lot of these bills. But in the 1800s, you know, every bank had their own currency, and every state had its own currency. There was just currency all over the place, no and a lot of it wasn't worth anything. It's actually, some of the stuff's gorgeous, by the way. Anyway, uh, so they decided to, uh, you know, make everything either a U.S. node, Federal Reserve node, or um, there was uh, silver certificates, gold certificates, which were backed well, by gold that's and silver. That's when the, when the gold standard was uh, introduced. Right. Okay. Uh, and anyway, they, well, the gold, there was always a kind of a, there was a, I guess, a uh, de facto gold standard always, which is the, basically the price of gold. So these guys want to make the uh, these coins v- worth the amount of silver that's in them. And and then they want to try to get them in the general circulation. I think there's something about the general circulation that's the issue. <laughs> is that illegal, though? Uh, is, that, is, that, uh, is it just illegal to have your own money and, and trade on it? Is that... Is that's apparently yes that's apparently true um you can't uh start minting your own money uh so that's what they were doing which is kind of which, which is kind of silly because when i issue you a check from my bank you know the bank made up this piece of paper they printed it you know i just filled in the value um you know if they certify it then it's isn't it the same thing as a, as a pretty picture you know, you're going to have to talk to a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had you confused for one. <laughs> I'm not absolutely sure. I mean, I know what the logic that what you're expressing. I know that there's a logic there. And it seems to me, yeah, it seems to me that a check uh, is a bank note in some funny way because it's worth whatever you write on it. Right. Uh, but there's something, there's something else about what these guys are doing that seem to have and I have to, I guess, look up the FBI's uh, documents to figure out why they busted these guys. But they also took all the Ron Paul money. 
Right, and, which uh, I guess was another uh, another version of the Liberty Dollar, just another currency which these guys were running through their existing uh, infrastructure. Right. And uh, but the, it, see, I think the Ron Paul thing had something to do with the bus because there seems to be a, a overt uh, mechanism out there to to get this guy to shut up. Right. And that's where that's where I wanted to get us because you know you immediately you will be branded as conspiracy theorist, but I, I got to think that you know perfect perfect thing. You know, it's moving towards the the whole story is more you watch because I haven't seen it in, in mainstream yet. But it's going to show up, and it's going to be totally associated with uh, with Ron Paul, and they're going to try and scandalize it. I'm sh- I'm almost positive that's what we're going to see happen. Yeah, and it's going to be fun to watch. Now, I've already noticed that I'm a big fan of. I think you are too. But there's a lot of us out here who who actually enjoy listening to right wing talk shows. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, right wing talk radio in particular is very entertaining in a lot of different ways. I mean, it's either that I'm, I'm always like torn between right wing talkers and, and Jim Rome, yeah, the sports guy, know, the sports guy, but, and the sports talk is the, the competitor with right wing talk. Interesting. And, I mean, there's no left wing talk is it, there is none. Because well, they no tried that with air America and no one, no one fucking cared. It was pointless and it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't entertaining. It was, and, and they couldn't do say a lot of things they would like to say because it wouldn't be politically correct. I mean, they, they've tied themselves up, you know, painted themselves in a corner with their philosophies. Yeah. So they can't do it. You know, you had, had a lot of whining and a lot of people petting each other, and you know, it's, it was weird listening to that stuff. It was very creepy, actually. Is Dennis Miller uh, still doing some kind of talk show? Dennis Miller's. Yeah, Dennis Miller's got a show on in the mornings that's syndicated in the U.S. at the same time that, that Jim Rome is on and Rush Limbaugh's on. So that's so a can, tough slot. It's a very it's <laughs> impossible. Now I have listened to his show on and off, and he is uh, he's he's kind of a lightweight when it comes to the, the politics, even though he's just a right wing nut. But when he starts talking, about, when he starts going into his show business anecdotes, then it's really show good. Is, He's really good. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of funny stories. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that show is, uh, it's like, if you're listening to the other stuff, you, you hit him just to see, you, if you're driving around, you hit him. I, you don't listen to this stuff unless you're in the car. Uh, you hit him if you get commercials every which way, and you got to listen to something else. So, um, anyway, where were we? We were talking about, oh, yeah, anyway, so the right-wing talk show guys are not the main guys, not the Limbaugh's of the world, but the the lesser guys, the weekend guys, and the late night guys, uh, they're starting to slam Ron Paul. Okay, right, right, right. Is, um, Big time. Is O'Reilly slamming him yet? Not yet, but I, I, of course, I haven't been listening to much O'Reilly because O'Reilly's on some weird hour. They keep bouncing him around. Really? He's never really hit the home run, I guess, on uh, the radio, and he's... Um, I don't watch his show too much on TV. Have you been I, watching uh, Countdown, Keith Olbermann? That's I watch it on and off. It's you know it's one of the funnier shows. He's probably one of the only left wing guys that that is entertaining. Exactly, exactly. And he, and he, I, I'm presuming that he's writing it, but he writes really well. I mean, there's some really poignant stuff in there. Well, I'm sure he's got a staff. There's no way he can be writing all that stuff daily. Right. He. Um, He's uh, he, also John Stewart and, and Colbert are left wingers that are funny and, and yep. entertaining, but but their styles are uh, totally different than the emotional styles of the right wing talkers. Exactly, because it's always working your funny bone and not your terror bone. Right. 
But anyway, so I've started to notice they they're starting to sneak in the anti Ron Paul stuff, and I, you know, and one of the right wing talk guys is named Michael Savage, who's out here in San Francisco, who's something of a bipolar character who's really entertaining, and. Um, has a huge following, and he does not follow follow the Republican drumbeat. He tends to take an independent perspective, and so he'll slam Bush a lot. And he, uh, he he's an interesting character, and, and uh, he won't probably go after Ron Paul because Paul is essentially a strict constitutionalist, and I think the Savage guy is too. So he'll probably, if if some of the big names go after Ron Paul, he'll jump them. It'll be kind of interesting to watch. Well, I personally think it'd be great. You know, they they really should. You know, they really should be attacking Ron Paul because his answers are really. I mean, you can put any guy in Ron Paul's place. You know what I mean? You can put you can yeah, put a yeah. robot, a robot, and say, and the input is the Constitution, and uh, here's a logic. It's one or zero, true or false, <laughs> and it's that simple. There's no other way to interpret this document. You know, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, it, but it will raise, I think, awareness of of what of, of the platform. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's that you that is starting to come out in the right wing talk show radio that I've observed, and and I think uh, Savage again is one of the guys who actually starts to point this out a lot. He's been kind of uh, marginalized because of it. You don't hear a lot about him in the mainstream media. Oh, for, for other reasons, perhaps. But anyway, he points out that, uh, and he believes that Limbaugh and Hannity and O'Reilly and some of these other guys, probably some of the lesser guys, are, are actually not conservative right-wingers or anything else. They're just frontmen, stooges for the Republican Party. Hmm. And they and they do a lot of party line chit chat. You know, there's just I mean, Hannity is absolutely the worst for this. I mean, it's, if if George Bush was a was a rapist, you know, he would be saying why this was good. <laughs> you know, I um, just before our previous board meeting, I sent uh, Ray Lane, who's uh, one of the uh, lead partners at Kleiner Perkins, and also uh, ran Oracle for a number of years. Sent him a note and said, uh, "Hey, dude, you know, did you have a chance to?" I, no, I think I actually said, "Hey, I know you're the only Republican in that entire bunch over there at Kleiner Perkins, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I wanted your opinion on this guy because I'm, you know, I'm going to endorse him, and uh, you know, have you heard of him? Have, did you hear? Ray listens to the show a lot, but I know he's been busy and probably hasn't listened for you know for a couple of weeks." And so I sent a link to the interview, and he came back and said, no, I'd never heard of this guy, but you know, I researched him. It's pretty <laughs> fucking interesting. This is really good. And you know who just joined KP? Yeah, Al Gore. Exactly. So there's, uh, I don't know, I might be able to influence something, because I believe that the only way to change anything is to change where the money is or where the money flows. Or Yeah, you're going to get Ray Lane fired. <laughs> I, I doubt. I doubt Ray Lane can get fired. I don't. Well, think, that's I'm, true. He's a partner, but I don't think it works. But that the, way. Yeah, there. It's, it's a curious crowd over there because the uh, they are a, a flock of Democrats for the most part. I don't know that the founders, uh, like Tom Perkins, is. I think he's pretty much of a right wing uh, Republican. I don't think there's any question about it. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I I get. I'm pretty sure I'm right there. And you know, the, the main guys are all uh, Republicans. But the guys who actually run the place well, John, nowadays. John Doerr is a Democrat for sure. Oh, he's a huge Democrat. Yeah. He's a big, uh, you know, he's a, not only a Democrat, but he's a, a kind of a party organizer. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he, um, he did the whole uh, Obama thing and, uh, and Obama at Oprah Winfrey's house. And, oh, yeah, no, he's big, big, big into that, uh, that stuff. Well, the rumor is, of course, is the, that he wants either a, he wants to get, he's, he hasn't put his money on the right horse 
forever. Uh, but the rumor is amongst the cognoscenti is that he uh, wants to either be a secretary of state hmm. or something like that or get a really? good ambassadorship. He wants to be, you know, that's how you become an ambassador to well, France. Well, honestly, example. honestly, I've thought about that many times. And there was a point in my life where I seriously considered um, lobbying for an ambassadorship. I thought that would be a great fucking life. <laughs> that's exactly what I want. You know, you, you know get, what the best... I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, the best ambassadorship, I'm told, is the U.S. ambassador to the Vatican. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. Well, my, un- my uncle was an uh, ambassador to, uh, to Korea for many, many years. Well, apparently in the Vatican, there's nothing else to do but drink and eat. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, just one little town. Yeah, that's it. And all the politics are held in one place. And it's all parties. Yeah. Nah, I don't know and, if know, I'd like Catholics living there, do though. drink wine, you know what I mean? Nah, I wouldn't like living there. I'd hate that. So, uh, but yeah, you should be an ambassador. You could have, were you thinking of becoming an ambassador from the Netherlands? No, 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 I wanted to, well, yeah, that would have been okay. I want to be an ambassador in England. I mean, that, how cool would that be? In London. Well, that would be, yeah, that's, that's the health risk there, not because someone's going to shoot you, because you could overeat. It's <laughs> too much sausages. Oh, damn straight. Um, follow up on a story we talked about, uh, was it the last episode, um, about that Dutch couple that uh, got thrown into jail? Yeah, terrible. So after the show, you know, we were Skyping back and forth, and um, within like 30 minutes, I discovered that uh, this jail was uh, operated by a commercial company that has received hundreds of millions of dollars of contracts to operate prisons, uh, primarily in uh, the Texas area. And it's called Management, the Management Training Company, I think. Management Training Corporation. Corporation, yeah, MTC. And... And they're huge. And um, the former chairman of MTC was the guy who, um, wow, what's his name? The guy who was involved with uh, the Abu Ghraib scandal. <laughs> yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting? And I'm like, how come that that high end program Nova, who interviewed them about a year ago, how come they didn't, you know, Google? <laughs> Because the way I did it was, you know, the girl was talking about, you know, after they'd been in jail a month, they'd been thrown in jail for hitchhiking and they had a, an expired tourist visa. And, you know, they had, they never saw an attorney, were never allowed to make any phone calls. Oh, yeah, collect call within the U.S., but they were hitchhikers right. from Europe. Uh, and they weren't Mexicans. You got to make that clear. No, nor did they look uh, Mexican. If they were Mexicans, they would have been let go. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, so she said, after a month, we were uh, allowed to send a letter. So I sent a letter to my boyfriend, who was, of course, in the, in, the, in the mail ward. And they showed the envelope, and I freeze-framed the video, and I just copied the address, and I Googled it. And uh, uh, the website for the jail is, is, you know, the server not found, right? It's just gone. It's, the domain doesn't, uh, doesn't resolve anymore. Um, and then, you know, through a couple more searches, I found out that it was uh, a part of uh, MTC, and I'm just like, you know, these are, it's clear that these companies are incentivized to keep people in jail and throw people in there, even if they don't belong in there. Yeah, because they get paid. Yeah, so it's, um, you know. The more you got in there, the more you get paid. I'm just, I'm. So just start rounding people up and throwing them in, <laughs> charging the government. I'm starting to understand how this works. You know, so our tax dollars go into the government. The government then, uh hires commercial companies to do what i've always thought was like you know kind of like government work you know fair <laughs> people who have no benefit to having more people in jail but it's not true it's the people who are in iraq fighting are commercial companies 
It's uh, it's nuts. I know it's like rollerball. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Is yeah, it's very much like rollerball. You don't understand it, but still, it's kind of fun to watch. You know, fat chicks getting beat up. I don't know. It's uh, well, no. I mean, the movie, the original movie, Rollerball, was a uh, with the James Con was all the, the the basically the country had deteriorated into a into factions of corporations that had that just would fight with each other and there was this there was no government anymore and the uh, one of the ways they would resolve a lot of this is by having these rollerball games where the you know winner takes all and if you died on the thing that was cool fuck i've got uh, to see this movie i've never seen this you never seen about rollerball no. well, there's a couple of movies out there people should see rollerball the original rollerball they came out again but the, these remakes suck you have to get the original james con one and that's a good movie it's it's and it's you know kind of sick it's like running man and all these so there's a lot of these anti-corporation movies uh, out there. But the Rollerball is quite good. But the another one, if you haven't seen it, uh, which I'm just thinking of like cult favorites, is the original uh, Max Headroom movie uh, before it became a TV show. And if you can get a copy of it, the, it, the Max Headroom movie, the original, has a nerd kid in it that is priceless. This kid is unbelievable. You just hate him the minute you see him. He's an evil little kid who's part of the, you know, a hacker. And it's just one of the best characters I've ever seen on the screen. But the movie itself is quite fascinating. I'm uh, Googling it right now to see if I can find a, a clip. Hmm. I've never seen that one either. I, of course, I saw the TV show because I was um, hosting my own music TV show at the time. And we saw this as a huge... I remember actually talking with producers. They were like, oh, fuck, man. Our days are numbered. Look at what they're doing over there in England, man. They've got like this fucking like this animated shit. You know, we won't need any more sets. We won't need any more anything. You know, the, the end is near. It was quite amazing. Well, anyway, those are pretty good uh, films for this kind of genre. But anyway, so Rollerball is what I'm reminded of with this uh, situation with these these. J I don't understand it myself why the government uh, is. You know, they've done that with the parking system in San Francisco. They've right. Turned it over to a private company, and so now you have no redress. You can they can just give tickets away to anybody they want. And you're screwed. They've jacked up the prices out in front of the offices at the Pod Show headquarters. It's five cents. It's a quarter for five cents. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm sorry. Five minutes for a quarter. No, uh, five minutes for a quarter. Yeah. So you got to pump in. I don't. They have to keep dumping these 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 meters out daily because they you know to put in sit there for a half an hour. You got to throw in about. You got how many quarters you got to throw in? They fit. They fill up uh, oh, and shit. jam. It's ridiculous. I mean, the original idea for parking meters was you put a coin in there as a token just to set a timer that would make you have to get out of there before the timer was over. It wasn't supposed to be a profit center. Oh, man, it sure turned into one. Yeah, because some jerk-off came along and said, hey, you know, we can make money off these parking meters. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So they're not designed to move traffic along. And the worst part about it is because they're so onerously expensive on uh, 2nd Street around the office near uh, Bryant. Yeah. And there's meters all over the place. They're all 25 cents for five minutes. The street, there's nobody parking in those spots because they'll drive you know down into the residential area around the corner and park in the residential spots where they don't have to worry about it so much because you get two hours. And, and and so meanwhile, the residents are screwed. I mean, this is just, I don't see how they, how they I really don't like San Francisco, to be well, honest Well, check it. this out in London. So they have uh, this radical new scheme called the congestion charge, which, uh, are you familiar with this? Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a Before zone. Saps that accidentally drive into it. Yeah, so there's a zone of London, 
And the minute you drive in, you know, your, your license plate is scanned. And if you, you know, within a certain amount of time, don't pay up at, you know, like newsstands, I guess you can, you can pay your fee. Or if you don't have um, a subscription, it's uh, eight pounds per day. And of course, it's a penalty if you, if you don't pay for it. Now, they just recently expanded this into um, Chelsea and one other neighborhood. And so what is actually supposed to help congestion, and honestly, they launched this the very day that school vacation started, a year ago, I think, or two years ago. Uh, so, of course, everyone said, wow, look, it's working. <laughs> but it was school vacation. So, you know, it, it did feel a little bit better for a while. But now they've expanded it into Chelsea. Um, it's actually had the complete opposite effect because all these people who are residents in that area, they get a 90% discount on the congestion fee. So they're, you know, they're paying you know, not even a pound uh, a day, and they can go anywhere throughout London with their car. Anywhere. So now the traffic is completely fucked up. It's been, you know, this just happened a few months ago, and all the cab drivers are talking about it. Everyone is just, uh, you know... Well, of course, the Brits don't really get outraged about it. You know, they love to just complain, but uh, I'm outraged. It's it's nuts. And, you know, you can just see that they don't give a shit. You know, that they the government taxes, you know, the license fee for the car and then, you know, the gas is taxed. And now that, you know, it's <laughs> it's it's just going to keep on going. I'm surprised they haven't had a revolution. <sighs> There's no more new lands. I guess that's why we have to go to the moon again. No, maybe if we ever went in the first place. Yeah, no, 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 no. I've, I've, I've tried that one on on my show a couple of years ago, and that was very bad to be on the. They didn't go to the moon side of the story. There's more <laughs> people who stupid. believe we did. It's stupid, but I do love the new, the latest twist that we're going to go to the moon again. And my, and I, I love throwing this one because I've thrown this one on the blog because I just love this, this, this uh, type of debate, which is my argument as well. The only reason we're going to go back to the moon again is because. Because the Chinese say they're going to the moon. So that means we have to go to the moon before they get there so we can plant the stuff from 1969 <laughs> that was never there in the first place. I love it. <laughs> oh, this is, one, this is a story I wanted to talk to you about. When I was, the last night I was in San Francisco, I was watching CNN. Maybe it was, yeah, Friday night. And Larry King Live was on. And he had uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine. Now, Shirley MacLaine, you know, I always hear Patricia, who, of course, is older than I am. She's, you know, seen more of Shirley MacLaine, seen more of her career and, you know, just knows more about her. And Patricia always says, oh, man, she's kooky. She's really nuts. And I recall that she had this thing about UFOs. And the whole discussion was about UFOs and these pilots, these ex-military pilots who are now all stepping forward and saying, you know, we really feel the government, you know, there's no reason anymore to hide the fact that they exist, they're here all the time. You know, we understand that there was, you know, there would have been mass panic uh, 40 years ago if people, had, you know, n- knew that there were UFOs. But look, they exist. I've seen them. And even uh, Dennis, uh, what's the candidate's name? Kuchinich. Kuchinich. He admitted on stage in one of the debates at, when he was the asked Vegas. directly, you know, have you ever seen a UFO? And he says, yeah, I've seen a UFO, which, of course, what a fucking loaded question that is. Uh, just to make the guy look foolish, um, but but this is you know there's there's something happening here. I'm not quite sure where it's coming from, but it was you know Shirley MacLaine, um, these ex-military pilots, uh, you know, on Larry King. I'm like, this, there's something real here, at least yeah, something real about someone up to some to. phony baloney special. No, 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 no. You don't think so? 
Yeah, that would never happen on on CNN or any of these TV stations. <laughs> no. Set the public up for a special, pre-plugging it in advance, get everyone all jacked up. That never happened. So I was watching Larry King. I wasn't watching Larry King, but now there's this kind of a quasi-scandal going on. I, I get the biggest kick out of this one. Larry King had Marie, uh, Marie Osmond on. Yeah. And he asked her about her son, who apparently is in rehab for drugs or alcohol or, or I don't know what. But anyway, and she kind of freaked out because this is supposed to be a big secret, and she was she got her demeanor changed, and now they so all these entertainment shows that uh, that uh, try to find news where there is none. Right, they're all all over, all over, over the, the story, huh? All over the story, as though and and I'm looking at it as wait a minute, Larry King actually, who's the softball master. On, on CNN, who never says anything about anything, actually asks a question that is, you know, has some, you know, some research behind it. And everybody <laughs> defines this to be a, a stunning shocker. Well, <laughs> well, no, but of course it's, you know, Larry King actually didn't know. He's just too stupid. You know, he, he, he didn't know it was a secret and everyone else did. I'm looking at it now. No, Mary Osmond discusses not her. Stupid, I can guarantee. He knew it. Was, he, I'm sure he knew it was a secret. I, I don't know why he did it. Uh, I, he's not stupid by any means. I mean, we should all be so dumb. And uh, I think it was some, uh, I don't know what, there was some ulterior motive. I'm not sure what it was because he never does that. I mean, he just, I mean, he probably could if he wanted to, but he's essentially just, you know, kind of sleepwalks through that show. Well, so there's there's a couple things I'll say here, um, you know, because I have been kind of following the Osmonds um, over the past couple of weeks, mainly because, um, you know, Marie was in Dancing with the Stars, and then, and I like that show. I, I followed it. She passed out, right? So that, that kind of got her into the news. Uh, I know Donnie. Um, in fact, I raced uh, against him in a celebrity race in Denver uh, during the, it was an indie, uh, an indie event, IndyCar when I was working for MTV and, and, you know, and the guy's fucking serious. Yeah. He won the race, by the way. He's, uh, you know, I was impressed. He was, you know, we were all out partying and he was walking the track at five in the morning, you know, finding the apex and all the fucking perfect. He wanted curve. to win. He really wanted to win, but I've been following this. And you know, the only thing I can say is, you know, for what, and oh, they had a hundred Osmonds on Oprah the other day, a hundred. So, you know, even though they're, uh, Marie's dad had just passed away a few days earlier. Uh, they still decided to come to Oprah's show, which is fine, you know. But you know, what was the point? Uh, you know, she was there plugging her dolls, which she sells on, I think, QVC or the Home Shopping Network, which is, I think, really her main source of income, and I'm sure it does huge business. But when you, you know, you step back into the limelight, you know, it's like a fucking boomerang. I've seen this happen. It's happened to me many times. You know, it comes back at you and. Positive energy comes back fucking black and vice versa. It's just, it's just, a, it's, it's part of the beast, you know, only it, it whips a lot faster than it used to. And the turnaround time is quicker and the ups and downs are severe. And this is just what happens, I think. I guess. I mean, I don't get it why she's, you know, in and out of the scene that much anyway. But maybe she's always trying to stay in a scene, whatever the case well, well, is. Well, you have to because, you know, when your gig as a celebrity is selling, you know, I'm Marie Osmond, these are these dolls. And I think she has a factory, and, and this is really big, these collectibles. Uh, and people get really into it. Um, you know, it's like sellertainment. You know, I love, I love that. It's, it's, a great, it's a great vocation. But part of that is her celebrity. So, you know, once in a while she... 
you know, she has to do something. You know, it's part of the business. You know, you you do a special or you get invited to some Christmas thing that you do or pass you know. out on stage. For example, I don't think that was contrived. But yeah, dancing. Oh, you with know, the I mean, I'm beginning to after listening to you, I'm thinking the passing out on stage no. was contrived, and so was this Larry King thing. Maybe Larry King was was told to do this, and then she could act flabbergasted and get all kinds. She got more. No, John. No, John. No, John. No, John. No, I've I've been in this game. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. Is it a possibility? No, it's not how it works. It is just not how it works. The game is attention. That's the game, and you. What could get you more attention than passing out? Yeah, but you can't set it. Very, very rarely can you can you set it up. That's why it's it's such a, an addictive game is because it's like media hacking. You know, if you do this, this is going to happen. Yeah, no, you know. I understand. I understand. I agree with you 100%, but I'm just wondering, is it possible that she's that good? <laughs> um, okay, I see your point. That, um, you know what, I'd, I'd have to defer to the Lady Patricia and I will report back on the next uh, episode. Uh, she will know if she's that good. I, th- I think it was, I think the passing out was was real. The Larry King thing. Um, I don't know. The I, guy never throws a question out like this to anybody. Now, all of a sudden, to the nice little Marie, come on. Well, it, you know, it could be that someone is just sitting there going, "Hey, let's fuck with her. Let's go get some ratings." Well, maybe. Well, I mean, that's, that's, well, that's manipulation too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, but I, I see that happening a lot quicker than you know that it's a real setup and she and she wanted it. You know, I think she would much rather. I mean, doesn't every celebrity want to be in the news in a positive light? Well, that not if you're measured by the pound, like they say. Enter the entire okay. enter, enter the entire reason for hip hop. Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, anyway, we'll never know. That's the point. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll keep it on the list. I mean, it reminds me of, you know, the, of course, this was never done for publicity purposes, but, you know, little Richard used to, when he did his rock act, uh, would always do something to injure himself and have to be carried out in a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of celebrities, um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here is on again here in the UK. What is that? Oh, OK. So th- I guess th- they may have tried this in the States and, and the format didn't take off. Um, it's a, a group of C slash D celebrities. Uh, so former soap stars, um, this year, uh, the biggest celebrity is this woman named Janice Dickinson, uh, who's, who has hosted, uh, uh, ne- America's next top model. I think not an America's next top model, uh, America's next model or whatever, you know, one of these shows. And she was one of the original supermodels and now she's, you know, in the 50s and she you know she's admittedly has done has had all kind of plastic surgery done and she looks pretty good you know she's very milfy can't quite hand the you know hide the the old hands but anyway they take this group of celebrities and they put them in the jungle and it's like a, a reality show where you get you know you have to do trials and you get voted off by the public um but it is enthralling it is the most fantastic television you can imagine really oh it is it and yeah because these people you know it's it's not like the big brother house where you still have kind of luxuries the entire program um is built around food so you have your camp and you get food that you have to cook yourself every night but you have to complete a trial 
each day one of the members has to you know chosen by the public has to complete a trial and if you don't complete the trial then you know you 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 get less meals and then you know, you wind up eating close to nothing or like rice and beans or some, something like that and these people are constipated and you know <laughs> it's really and they're sleeping outdoors and they have to do stuff like you know eat live creatures and you know sit in tubs with alligators and, and you know you know creepy crawly shit eels i mean just usually shit that you know inherently it's creepy crawly freaky well i think it's good that we this is what we do to our celebrities that fall off the a and b list it is totally a way back it is it is fantastic for them so uh we'll make a copy of uh, one of those uh for me on a on a stick or something and let me take a look at <laughs> we've got the technology <clears throat> Okay, well, this Janice Dickinson, who is a com- is completely ruling the camp, and you know half the women hate her. You know, she fell down the other the other day when she had to do a trial, and she's so afraid and she can't do anything. Is you really see human nature come out, and you can kind of, of peg course, what what the people are going to be like. Of course, you know most people. I, I'm, most people out there probably aren't not aware of the fact that typically, I mean, and Mark Burnett used to always harp on this that he hated the term reality TV, and he's the guy who invented Survivor and most of the really good shows. Right, and he liked to call them unscripted dramas, mm. and uh, they make you sign a lot of non disclosures when you do one of these shows, like a million of them, so you can't say anything about how the show is actually constructed. Yeah, and then because they, it is uh, constructed. It's totally constructed, and they also they coach everybody, and they say, okay, you're going to sit down with this person, and you guys you find something to argue about, and then when you get a chance, throw a glass of wine in his face, we'll get it, you know, and then, yep. they, and then they tell you exactly what to do and how to do it, and they have, you know, certain people that, you know, do certain things, and they always, of course, have the camera ready for that. It's always humorous, and nobody notices this little, what, do you got a million cameramen? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and the whole thing's a phony, baloney thing. Not that people aren't eating the bugs. And the worms and whatever. Hey, but you know what? Most- you know what? I, I did a reality show of our family called Adam's Family in uh, 2002, I think, 2002, 2003. Um, and we produced it all ourselves. So we had like one camera guy living with us. I did a camera and I had one editor, everything done on Final Cut Pro. And it was broadcast every Saturday night, primetime uh, on uh, SBS Broadcasting in the Netherlands. You know, I have the rights to that. You know, we could do. First of all, I want you to see it because I think you get a kick out of it. Because um, even though it was completely unscripted and everything happened, everything you saw was chronological order. um, You'll see that just by editing, we really made it into something entertaining. And particularly editing to hit records. You know, like soundtrack to your life type hit records. Um, We should. I should put that up online because I have the rights to that. Yeah, you should. But I want to make money. I want to make money off of it. Good luck. <laughs> well, can't we get uh, Chris Jacob to find a sponsor, uh, like Colgate or something? Or uh, yeah, oh no, you sponsor. know what? No, I know. I can get to the, the Mars Corporation. They wanted to sponsor the show, and they said, uh, um, "You know, we'll give you. I don't know it was like ten thousand euros per episode if you feed your cats." Um, what is it? Mars uh, candy bars? No, no, no. They make uh, what? Pure, not not the Purina, um, like Fancy Feast or yeah, they do the can- skis or something. Yeah, yeah. They, so they do the they do candy bars because they also said, could you just have a couple of Mars bars laying <laughs> laying around? Product placement. Yeah, and I'm like, no, nah, I really, I really don't want to do that because you know then I'm really kind of breaking the barrier. But I could I could probably get them to sponsor it. They might still be you know, interested. Uh, Talking about that product placement in the last episode of uh, there's this show 
I think it's called 30 Rock. You know, for some reason, I can not quite remember the name of the show, but it's 30 Rock with 30 Tina Rock. Fey. 30 Rock, yeah, Tina Fey. Sure, I love her. So, she, she, so right in the middle of the show, she's... Uh, She's getting into an argument with Jack, the boss, and he says, I, I've got to go. And he says, I, I've just happened. I just, he got, he was with somebody and they sw- ended up swapping phones. And so he says, I accidentally thought my phone was her phone and she must have thought her phone was mine. And Tina Fey goes, well, that's interesting because that's such a beautiful Verizon phone you got there from <laughs> Verizon. I think it makes me want to run to the Verizon store right now to get a Verizon phone. And then she looks right into the camera and says, do we get paid now? <laughs> Yeah, is that uh, Alec Baldwin, her boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, now she's funny, man. I like her. Well, she that well Baldwin is definitely doing his best work yeah. as a comic. Yeah, yeah. No, that that is very cool. So uh, wrap it up maybe with the writer strike, which is still ongoing. I hear the twenty six. They're um, going to go back to the negotiating table. Yeah, go to the Dvorak.org slash blog site and look at the last writer strike video, which was done by some staffers at The Daily Show. And if nothing else, we're going to get some good videos out of these guys because they seem to be getting itchy. And uh, But the writer strike, you know, the, if you start watching the, what they have to say on their videos that they're putting on YouTube, uh, you know, you have to take their side on this whole thing, even though I still think it could have been it was maybe a little premature what they did. But they really did get screwed on a lot of these uh, these deals you know i i agree they they got screwed and uh i think they do need to be made whole and they do have to have a some kind of model set up in the future the only thing that i just got a little itchy about is you know this could happen with any cog in the wheel you know it's not it's not like you know sure so the if there's no writing then there's no show uh but there's a lot of unions that if they you know drop out then it's you know it's going to be just as bad and there really won't be any shows either you know what I mean? Well, we'll always have the uh, No Agenda show. <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> Getting paid is the name of the game. Is that the video? Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me just see. I wonder if you can hear this. Probably not. Hello, and welcome you hear to that? what is obviously not the Daily no. Show. No. Oh, okay. Bummer. You're going to have to rig it differently next time. Yeah, you're coming through the same interface. Oh, well. All right. Damn, John, 41 minutes. Not bad for a Saturday uh, afternoon here in London. Uh, morning yeah, for you. Saturday morning here. i got to go to the store. Farmer's Market. Ah, I've already been shopping with my wife. So that's it for this week. I'm John C. Dvorak here in Northern California. I'm Adam Curry, uh, right underneath London in the United Kingdom. Uh, we have no agenda, but we'll be doing it again soon. Bye. So long. The best and the brightest. Served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, pod show and limelight.